0: Hey, Stars fans! It's Jeff K, public address announcer for your Dallas Stars, and you're listening to Starcastic Remarks, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go Stars! Hey, guys, welcome back to Starcastic Remarks. Alongside my brother Chris to my right, my name is Ryan Chambers. This is the official Dallas Stars podcast of THBN. Go News that promo code THBN. Next time you go and use their services, how are you doing tonight, Chris? You doing okay? Uh-
1: I am doing well. Very busy. Moving to Austin this week. So a little bit closer to Stars Hockey from College Station. But yeah, busy but good. Not really
0: that much closer though,
1: really? It's about 30 minutes closer.
0: (laughs) Not much closer
1: though. Hey, I'll take anything.
0: Yeah, it's true. Did you have fun at the fireworks last night?
1: The fireworks were great. Uh, Stuff blew up. When we're out in the boonies, they just blow up barrels of gasoline. So that's fun.
0: (laughs) That's why I absolutely love just, you know, small town fireworks. You know, the big fireworks, they may get their big click booms and the thousand gram fireworks and stuff like that. But you don't see like mushroom clouds at big time, big, big town uh, fireworks displays. We actually, we legit saw mushroom clouds. (laughs) It was quite funny. Well, anyways, uh, you can see uh, Chris is actually hanging out in James's bedroom. He's hanging out in Farmersville for the week. I was literally just there this morning, drove six hours home. And I love y'all so much. I'm still doing this podcast and I'm exhausted. Uh, I I think I've probably driven 48 hours. I'm not joking. Probably about 48 hours uh, in this last week and a half. It has not been fun been a lot yep.
1: so i'm about to be doing that too so yeah brother
0: yeah because you're going from y- are you going to college station no you're going to austin and then you're going no, back to college station
1: i'm going to college station then to austin the college station then back to here then back to college station then back to austin and back to college station. Okay.
0: and you're going to be in property of two <laughs> different uh apartments for the next three weeks so yes okay far. Well, let's get into it because uh, I don't know how long I'm going to be able to last. I'm running off of like monster energy drinks. These things are terrible for you. But anyways, uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, We uh, we did a special episode uh, with Josh and Sam from the Jay Cotton fan club and hockey talk group. If you have not heard that episode, go and check that out first. Lots of good reaction on all of the signings we had. We've had a couple more signings since then. And uh, they also reacted to the picks that the Dallas Stars made as well. And uh, a couple of interesting names, including uh, Aram Mnuchin, who is kind of the surprise pick uh, that they were both really excited about. Go and check out their reaction as to why uh, they were really excited about
1: that. So, A lot of details on the draft picks, too. Those guys dig deep. They do a lot of hard work. And, man, they know their stuff.
0: Yep. So let's get into it. Uh, we've got all the free agent stuff that we're going to discuss here uh, tonight. We're also going to take a look at uh, some of the minute details around the NHL right now with all the signings going on. There's been a lot and uh, we'll kind of talk about where some of the Dallas stars uh, players, the big ones especially went to. We did not reassign. Unfortunately, we'll talk about where they are and uh, we'll just kind of discuss anything else that comes up in the episode here tonight. So, First off, Chris, we're just going to go ahead and go through the big signings. Obviously, let's just talk about the major big one that nobody saw coming. I don't even think uh, anybody had this on their on their uh, bingo board here, but Matt Duchesne, he signs with the Dallas Stars. Just a one-year deal, but the thing that gets me is the $3 million. He's making less than Roddick Fox. Said. That is absolutely crazy to me, considering that he would – come to dallas uh i didn't see this coming what was your initial thoughts when you heard about matt duchene coming to the dallas stars
1: yeah i was fully shocked like you were i did not think the stars were going to make any kind of big moves especially in the forward department um but i've been hearing a lot of talks that joe pavelski is really trying to pull people he, even uh eric carlson was in talks uh, with the stars saying that that was the only team they wanted to get traded to and find any way to make a deal work there obviously with his contract not very likely to make that happen but Joe Pavelski is pulling some people to Dallas trying to get himself a cup and he's decided to do it here so that's some very good news for stars fans for sure are you
0: do you think it's crazy that he just signed for the one year for 3 million i know he just got bought out by nashville but dallas has had kind of a habit of going after these guys that get bought out you know obviously Ryan Suter being uh, the most recent example of that. But do you think that Matt Duchesne's kind of got anything to prove with this Dallas Stars team? Or do you think this is just giving his best opportunity to win a cup?
1: Yeah, it's the second one. He's just trying to win a the Cup any way that he can. He thinks this is a very good opportunity for him. With Suter, I don't think it was necessarily that way. He's trying to find the last team that he was going to play for. That's why he the term mattered so much to him, the, him getting the four years. He got to play and it's going to be his last contract more than likely. Um, but to he's he, he, with the one year, 3 million. What that says to me is he's going to bounce around until he gets on a team that'll win him a cup. So hopefully we can prove it and may, I mean, heck, maybe not even prove that we're the team that can do it, but just do it next year. That would be great.
0: So some of the other signings that are coming for the Dallas Stars as well. Was the signing of Craig Smith, which is a sneaky good uh, signing by Jim Null there. It's a million dollars for Craig Smith for one year. He was a, and he'll be a UFA at that. Um, Sam Steele, uh, who I was actually very impressed with. He was on the Minnesota team when we played them in the playoffs in the first round this past year. And he signs for $850,000. Um, those were kind of the, I don't want to call them big names. They weren't really big names but what did you think about either one of those signings for the Dallas stars?
1: I thought they were interesting, kind of classic Jim Nil, um, trying to sign some, some solid NHL guys that we can maybe play, maybe not play them. Um, they have very good, uh, advanced analytics on them, both offensively and defensively. They show to be better than the people that they play with and against on those fourth lines that they generally play on. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I always am kind of, uh, kind of against the depth signings for older veteran players when we have the opportunity to have younger players play like a Stankoven or a Bork. Um, but it, maybe they know more than we do, and that they're really not ready just yet. But yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. It, it's a tough call, especially when you don't uh, know as much about Stankoven and Bork as uh, the player development guys do. So let's
0: talk about that because that's something we actually discussed in our last episode with uh, Josh and with Sam is when we heard that Matt Duchesne got signed, our our initial reaction was, okay, he's replacing Max Domi 100%. He's the replacement for Max Domi. And I would even say he's an upgrade. What do you, what do you think about, uh, about that particular thought process?
1: Um, He's definitely an upgrade as far as, far as two ways goes he, he's a better two-way player than max domi is max domi is definitely a defensive liability at times um and, and we saw that his line with sagan and uh Marchment got scored on a pretty decent amount but they also scored a good amount of goals themselves um Duchesne is going to be a much better two-way guy he's going to be much more solid in the defensive zone and he still has the offensive ability to him he maybe just doesn't have the nastiness that domi brought to us in the playoffs um quite as much
0: I'm really excited for, for that whole aspect with uh, Duchesne uh, coming to the Dallas stars.
1: Cause yeah, he, he had just another
0: offensive threat that they didn't have with Domi leaving. And now it looks even better and probably even cheaper. Although I, I think Domi signed for one year, 3 million in, uh, in Toronto as well. But I, I think if he had played his cards, right, he probably could have gotten more than what he got with Toronto, but that's, that's for another discussion. But yeah, uh, here was the thought process with the with the forwards Chris. I want to get your opinion on this. With all of these signings, we didn't really expect all the forward signings. We'll get to the defensive part for in a second. But what this does is that this creates competition for these roster spots, right? The the natural inclination is to be like, "Oh, well the veterans are going to get the roster spots, right?" And that leaves absolutely zero room for uh, the the Maverick Bork's the Logan Stankoven uh, of the world. Is this a bad thing? Good thing? Thoughts?
1: Yeah, that, that that's kind of what I was getting at earlier when I was saying I don't know how I feel about signing of the older players. And yes, Ardell, I know he I know Sam Steele isn't old, but he's older than when Stankoven and Bork is what I was trying to get at. Um, he, he's 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 an NHL guy, um, but. Uh, it is good to have competition. Yes. Um, I just think it's unfairly favors the guys who have already been there and, and I just worry about having another Jack Campbell situation. Um, I talk about this a lot, so <laughs> I'm kind of over it, I guess, but to, to those who don't know about it, Jack Campbell was the goalie that the stars had for a long time. That was talked about being the next starter after Marty Turco. And he was kind of kept in the minors too long and then kind of just flopped. And we got nothing for him after years and years of hype on him. So that's kind of the worst case scenario of what can happen to a good prospect if you leave him in the minors for too long, in my opinion.
0: I just don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Because here's here's the whole aspect with it. I think this team is probably ready to win now. I think... And when I t- when I talked, when I li- when I listened to the uh, end of year interviews with with all the players and with Pete DeBoer specifically, Pete DeBoer said he had never had anybody like Wyatt Johnson in his entire career, never ne- like never had anybody like him come in and not just play really well as a teenager, but get better as the season went along and he didn't just get better like offensively, which he did. He was given way more responsibilities as the season went on. You saw at the end of the year, he was starting to get penalty kill time. That is extremely rare for a player, especially a young player like that and a a rookie in the NHL that scores 24 goals. So, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing that we're out there and we got these players to kind of create some competition within the stars roster system. That being said, I still believe that one of uh, Logan or Maverick is going to make the opening night roster. I believe that. I, I think that will happen who that will be. That's really hard to say, but right now I'm leaning more towards Logan and maybe it's because I'm a little bit biased right now <laughs> <laughs> since he did come on about a week ago. But, I, I mean, what, what do you think, Chris? Do you, do you think that with, you know, Dushane coming in and the vets like Smith and then what, some of the younger guys like Sam Steele coming in, do you think that kind of kicks them, kicks them to the curb and says, hey, play top six minutes in the AHL?
1: Yeah, it, it's hard. It's hard to say because I feel like Stankovin's play style doesn't really fit for a fourth line player. And that's what he'd be doing. It, it, would, it would be probably Fox either Smith or Steele and then one of either Maverick or Stankovin. And I don't know if that really fits either their play style, but who knows? Maybe you play that way just to get on the roster. Um so I'm not certain of it. I, I tend to agree with you because I don't think we're going to resign Delandria at this point. Um, even with he is RFA, correct? So even with that, yes. I don't know if there's the cap space there, and I don't think there's the willingness to trade anybody else on the roster really to to, to keep him on just as a fourth line guy. Um, no,
0: I I I think you're underrating how much Delandria means to the team. I I I'm like ninety nine percent positive that Delandria. Unless we get some sort of really great defensive player, yeah, defensive player, a defenseman, then I, I think he's. We're I think we're definitely keeping DeLandria. I mean, I don't. I don't think he's going anywhere. He was very important to the bottom six for the Stars this past season. So that's just me.
1: He's not going well, anywhere. If you're gonna keep him, you gotta make a trade because we're already we already don't have a, a league minimum salary to give him. We're already at what? 500,000 to the cap, right?
0: Yeah. But you, you also have to consider who is on the cap right now. So that's include, that's including Gavin Bayreuther, who they just signed. Gavin okay, Bayreuther, and- Yes. Has a, has a one year, one way deal, which will give him $775,000, regardless if he plays in the AHL or the NHL. But, Gavin Bayreuther is just a security blanket. And here's what I mean by that. He is going to play in the AHL the entire year, unless there's like significant injuries to the Dallas Stars' decor this season. So that he will, that will be buried in the minors that will not count against the stars cap hit. Uh, so gotcha. still with that, that only puts them at about 1.3 million. So I think you can get DeLandria signed for 1.3, five maybe even two million and and in that case i could see maybe the stars having to make a trade in order to be able to get be cap compliant uh but i'm sure that they always seem to find a way they there, there's a way to finagle around the cap so
1: i just don't know who you trade at that point then
0: that's a that's a hard question
1: it's because i mean i'm pretty sure you're gonna have to make some kind of trade to get delanger under the cap for what he's asking for
0: so I don't know. I don't know. That's a, a very good question. But uh, since, since we got all of these players, let's go. I'm, I've got Cat Friendly up here, actually. So let's go through. And these are not at all the, the right thing. But let's, let's kind of discuss who we would have where in the lineup and what you want to see. So obviously, we're not going to touch the top line, Right the Avengers line is going to stick together or Pavs and sons or whatever you're talking about. But here's the question. Um, do you keep Jamie Benn on the same line with Wyatt Johnston and have D- daddy continue b- to be on that line? Or do you put Matt Duchesne on that line? What do you think?
1: I think you keep the same line together. I thought that was kind of half the reason why we kept uh, Dodonov over Domi because of how well that line worked together. So at least to start the season you do that and then only change it whenever you feel like it has to. So
0: with that you mean that would mean that Matt DeShane would play with Tyler Sagan and Mason Marchment? Yes. Now the the interesting thing here is if you assume that one of these uh one of these rookies gets in here with Maverick Bork or with uh Logan Stank who do you think would make the roster? I'm gonna say st-
1: Stankoven because he's a friend of the show.
0: I still think it's gonna be him, and yes, I'm a little bit biased, but I also I just think I have a feeling about it that he's
1: gonna. He's be- also just better. The only other prospect who was as good as him this this offseason season in juniors was uh, Bedard, and he's one of the most highly spoken of prospects in a long time.
0: Yeah, but ag- again, that it, it is very hard to go from juniors to the NHL because you're going you're playing against you know you know teenagers and twenty year olds compared to going into the NHL and you're playing against twenty 20- and thirty year olds who are much stronger, much faster, and can beat you to a bloody pulp, which they don't do in the juniors as much. So th- that's just me. I-, I think Logan will be okay. That- that's one of the things that he has, did I go out for a second? Nope. No, I didn't. Okay. I thought I went out for a second, but anyways, um, one of the things that he prouded himself on was his energy and his motors, what he used, uh, when we talked to him. So I I think that's going to be the reason why he gets into the lineup. And I think we see kind of, I think this is what we see right here. I think we see Matt Duchesne, Sagan and, uh, Stankoven and, I don't think he's gonna play center at the NHL. I don't think he's ready for that. What's nice for Wya is he's got Jamie Ben who can still make all of those uh, win all of those face offs for him. I just don't think Stankoven will be ready for that when we get to that point. But uh, what do you what do you think about this? What do you think about this? So Sagan, Stankoven, Duchesne, uh fox and marchman and smith on the fourth line
1: i think marchman is still probably playing with sagan um he he definitely had uh i i would go ahead and say it was a bad year to start off with there are lots of personal reasons for that and just the fact that he's on a new team for the first time uh the same thing happened with joe pavelski if you remember the first year that joe pavelski was here it was kind of like, okay, that signing was kind of a bust. Pavelski didn't really do anything until the playoffs hit. And then the next season after that, those playoffs, he did well, and he was fantastic again. So Marchmont really, I, I think, is still a good signing. No one's giving up on him. The talks of buying him out were very preemptive, in my opinion. I, I think there is still lots of value in Marchment, and I think he still deserves to start on a good scoring line with Sagan and Duchesne. Even over Stankovan, even with Stankovan being a better fit for the third line and Marchment being able to fit better on a fourth line, I think Marchment still deserves to play with those better players.
0: A lot of good points. A lot of good points. Um, I don't want to give up on Mason Marchment yet, but a lot of people seem to have done so. And we argued, you know, Joe Pavelski was was sucky his first year, just like you just said. So I think there's more to Mason Marchman. He did have flashes of a good season. There were good points that he was doing really well.
1: The beginning was great.
0: <laughs> yeah, the beginning was great, and then when Domi came over and he and Domi Sagan and Marchman were all playing together for those two games, it was. I mean, it was like go 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 go. It was all lines ready to ready to move, and then he just got hurt, and that kind of derailed his his uh, season. But let's just assume this. Let's assume that Logan kind of wins a roster spot on that third line, the second line, whatever, somewhere in the middle six. Does that make Mason Marchman expendable and the stars look to trade him? Because you don't want a guy who's making $4.5 million on your fourth line. I I know that Fox then makes 3.25, but he does so much more than people give him credit for
1: well he does have a modified no trade clause he does he has a 10 team list
0: maybe maybe it can tell us on that nah it's not gonna tell me okay but uh, what do you think Is, is that an opportunity for you know Jim Nell to go out and say dangle Mason Marchman out there and say hey we've got this guy and uh Maybe we'll look for some help on defense. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Well, his trade value right now is awful, so you're not going to get anything in return for it just because of the bad season that he did have. Um, and also, I don't. I, I think he's he's still worth it to the stars, and he's a kind of player that we need on the team, having the size and the speed that he has. So I I don't think trading him would be good at all. But you know, like Jim Neal says, nothing is ever off the table. So. <laughs>
0: I think he's also a guy that shows the the depth of the Stars team right now because he could, let's just say that Dadunov gets hurt. You could easily plug Mason Marchman up there on the second line. Like, like yeah. that's
1: not undoable. But that's kind of what I was getting at earlier, is Marchman is a better fit on the fourth line than I think S- Stankovan is. Um, but but he also, I think, deserves to be on a scoring line instead of just that bottom checking line that Fox turns it into. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it, it's a weird spot for Marchment because he had such a bad year. I I've, I fully expect him to bounce back. And if he doesn't, then we have lots of good players you can make up for it. And we have young guys that we can slot in to see if they can take his spot over. So Marchmont still gets the spot and, until he loses it later on this year, I think.
0: All right, so let's move on to the defense. So there was a couple of defensive signings by Jim Nell over the past couple of days um but nothing of an upgrade so joel hanley comes back he he spent the first day i guess looking at his options and he just decided and eh, screw it i'm coming back to dallas signed a two-year deal and uh i mean i wanted him back i really he is at, he's the perfect seventh defenseman absolutely the perfect seventh defenseman so that's going to continue to be his role in my opinion But the Stars go out and they sign Gavin Bayreuther, who, if that name sounds familiar, it should be. Former Dallas Stars draft pick several years ago. He spent the last three years in the Columbus Blue Jackets organization. He spent some time in the AHL, but he also spent some time in the NHL as well. So that's why uh, he's showing up uh, up here under the actual cap for the Dallas Stars is because he's got that. One way deal. So cat friendly is just assuming he's going to be on the roster, but he won't be in my opinion. And then uh they also re-signed uh Jared Roseberg down here, Alex Petrovic. And then they also went out and got Derek Pouillot, uh just for some veteran, veteran backup stuff. And just to have some depth yeah. for well, their for defensive
1: agency. For defensive depth. Cause if you looked at our roster, even just the entirety of last season, we are so fortunate. None of our defensemen were hurt for an extended period of time because we only had seven after Hanley. There was nobody. So now we at least have a couple of guys behind that. If we lose a couple defensemen, we won't be in real trouble.
0: So it's interesting that uh, you said that, because I think we still had some decent defensemen who could have come up and filled in. We had Petrovic who's been an NHL defenseman before. Mm. Uh, who else? There was a, I mean, I mean, Roseburg could come up and play as well, but uh, there was a couple of others, but they've signed elsewhere. But uh, that's not the point of, of all this. But either way, were were you surprised at the fact that Jim Nill did not go out and upgrade the defense and he just focused on the forwards?
1: Um, not really. Uh, Jim Nill always talks about how he makes the best deal that's available. So that's true in trades. That's true in drafting. He's gonna get the best player that he can with the resources that he has. Um, and this free agent deadline or start, it was Matt Duchesne. It wasn't a defenseman. So he got Matt Duchesne, and it it makes sense to me, especially when you look at how our defense did last year. Uh, we talk about how that's probably our biggest weakness on paper is our defensemen, but if you look at what they did. Our defense was fantastic. We were top ten defense in the league. Um, we were a very good defense in uh, in the playoffs. And really, the only reason that we didn't win and why it ultimately cost us in the last series was because Otter ran out of gas. So if Otter had more gas in the tank, maybe he would play too many games. We that that's kind of besides the point. He ran out of gas and he stopped playing good. So. It wasn't a defense that really lost it in the end. It was more Ottinger's play, which he, I'm not blaming Ottinger. He had good excuses for, of course. He was hurt. that's what cost it. He was hurt. He was exhausted. Yeah. Overplayed, so, yeah. our defense played well, and it's going to get better. You look at Harley going to be here the entire season. Lundquist is going to be better. I mean, he's a young player. Like Jim Neil said, we traded a first-round draft pick for a player who's essentially a first-round draft pick last year and he's still young, and he was getting better. He couldn't get trusted at the end of the season. I'm sure his conditioning is going to be better now, and he's going to get trusted a lot more, and I'm sure he's going to get better. So our defense is improving just because of who we already have. And if you look at it now, it's not terrible. I don't hate it.
0: New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. In Massachusetts, call 800 327 5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877 8 HOPE NY or text HOPE NY. In Kansas, call 1 800 522 4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800GAMBLER.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game, often required. Max bet $50. 10-plus legal requirements for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at Sportsbook.DraftKings.com slash baseball terms <laughs> So let's go ahead and look at projection-wise what we would like to see. and I'll give you mine, and maybe you can make some changes what you would like to see. But And, and then we'll talk about the athletic article that Saad uh, put out. It was a really good article. But here's what I would like to see, honestly, Chris. I would like to see this. I would like to see Lundquist play with Miro Heiskanen, One that gives a little bit more responsibility to Lundquist, and Miro gets to play on his strong side. And for the other reasons I'll, I'll do in a show in a second as to why I want him up there. The reason why I am very, very eerie about him playing on the top line or the top, not top line top pairing is he just, he lost out his spot to Colin Miller, to Joel Hanley, to Harley when Harley came up the last six games of the season. So I think this is arguably the biggest question of the entire the entire team in my opinion because nils lundquist will make or break the defense in my opinion and if he's not ready to really take that step which yes he had a good season and he had a good rookie season not everybody is like thomas harley or mayor Heiskanen, and comes in it's just immediately good harley wasn't even good when he first came up here but is he going to be able to take that step? I think that's probably the biggest question of the entire stars off season for me. What do you think?
1: Yeah, uh, I agree. He's definitely a really important part. Cause if you see, if what happened last year happens this year, the guy that we have to replace Lundqvist again is Hanley. It's not Harley from the AHL. Um, or, or maybe it's Bayreuther who has seen lots of improvement. But either way, we don't have as solid of a uh, of a trap card in our back pocket to play at the end of the season this year. Um, so I agree. If our defenseman is gonna be if our defense is gonna be good, Lundquist has to be very good. Um, I don't see him improving so much that he's on the top pair. Um, but also the Stars defense doesn't really work that way. The top pair is Miro Haskinen and whoever's playing with him. And that can kind of just cycle. It doesn't really matter who he's playing with. He can play with anybody and he can be fantastic. So So I don't see Lundqvist being as good as you are hoping that he will be, but I think he'll be good enough to at least be a bottom pair defenseman.
0: So the the next question is, is what do you do with the second pairing? Is the second pairing going to continue to be Lindell and and Hawkenpaw, who, despite people really hating on, especially Hockenpah, uh, they both had really good years this past year, and Hawk and Paw is the big old dude. He's the guy that's going to get in the way, he couldn't punch people in the face if uh someone does something nefarious. It's hard. I, I know technically that Hawk and Paw should be pushed down to a third pairing role, but him and Lindell together were just excellent, and I don't know if it was. You know, Lindell were re- was really good and had an excellent year. He's he's always been good, in my opinion. But do you break up that pairing just so Thomas Harley can get put up in the top four? Or do you keep those two guys together? Or what, what do you think? Because well, for me, it's really hard for me to break up that second pairing.
1: Well, first of all, I, I don't think five on five that they had a great year together. I think Lindell had a good year. I think Hawkenbaugh had a great year on the penalty kill. Um, there was many times where Hawkenbaugh was not playing great and is especially exposed in those series when we're playing fast teams like Seattle. He cannot keep up with the speed that those kinds of teams have. Um, so I think Hawkenbaugh is definitely a weak spot, especially on, on those quicker teams. Um, I would like to see them broken up just so that we can have a puck mover on each on each uh, line. What I'm thinking is Lundqvist being in the bottom pair, so you have Miro Haskin as the top puck mover, Harley as the second puck mover, Lundqvist as the third puck mover, and those are all three on separate pairings, um, and that would be my ideal. I, I don't think that'll happen. I think Lindell and Hockipaw will stay together just because that's what they like and that's what they're comfortable with, and that's lo- what they like doing on the penalty kill, um, but I hope they do get broken up.
0: Okay, so... W- who would play with who then if that's what you do, if you put Miro on one pairing, Harley on another, Lundqvist on another? Because that's where things get kind of a, a, a little confusing, right? Because I don't, I mean, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, you can't have Miro play on his strong side if you do
1: that. Yeah. I don't think Miro is going to play on his strong side. I, I think the coaches have made it clear that they don't really think that's an issue. Um, I think Suter still going to be the main guy playing with Miro Haskin most of the time, especially with the comments that are made. I mean, they made a... uh, Nil did some kind of interview or something right after the buyout period ended, and he was just saying how dumbfounded he was that people were even calling for Suter to be uh, bought out. So they fully do not understand what advanced analytics are showing, that Suter is not great, and they just see how many minutes he plays and they think that they're good. So you could you could argue that they're wrong, which I think they might be, but Suter's going to be the top guy, at, at least until uh, he starts really sucking enough for management to notice.
0: <laughs> well, and I don't know if you saw me moving people around and stuff like that, but I just don't see... if you If you do it like that, and you put a puck-moving defenseman on each pairing that kind of pushes us Lindell down to the third pairing. does' i right. Or, or do, cause I don't think I've ever seen him play off of his side before on the right side. So I guess yeah. you could do this and put him on his off side, but I don't think that makes a whole lot of sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you could do it either way. I think Lindell being on the third pairing would be fine. Um, But again, they all mix up anyway, eventually, with how we play Miro Hayskinen. So I don't know that the pairings make a whole lot of difference either way.
0: Well, we saw from this past year that Pete DeBoer likes to be very consistent with his pairings. He doesn't like, even when we're doing really bad or we're going through a, a rough part... He doesn't like to, to pull people apart in, as much. And in the lineups, very... that's
1: true, but in the games, that's definitely not true. Miro Haskinen plays with every single defenseman every single game.
0: I don't think that's true. That is true. Did, did okay. we see, we'll have did to we, move on from that. <laughs> did we see that he played with different people? Yes. We definitely like there were times that Harley was out there when they had an offensive draw. Uh there were times that uh, even Lundquist when he wasn't playing with Miro according to the uh, the projected lineup.
1: Well, th- that's the but, only way that Miro Haskinen can get eight more minutes than any other player on the team is because he's playing with everybody, with a bunch of different people.
0: Well, I think really what it is is because he plays just on both sides of the puck. I think he plays both power play, when, when I say both sides of the puck. He plays both special teams. He plays on the penalty kill and he plays on the... Uh, Power play but, well. but
1: even when we only had, would have one power player and only one penalty kill, he would still get eight more minutes than everybody else.
0: Now, that's that's another question that I guess we need to talk about as well is can he still can this team still be successful with him playing that many minutes? Not not that he. There's no question that he absolutely can do that, but can he be more effective if you lessen his minutes? just like we saw with Jamie Benn this past season. They lessened his minutes. He played with Wyatt Johnston. He's a 30-goal scorer again. The, the reason why I'm asking this is because when we look at the Vegas Golden Knights, and I know no one wants to do it, and, and but you have to acknowledge they're the Stanley Cup champions, so you have to look at them, and they're like the model for success right now. All six of their defensemen never played above 25 minutes in the playoffs. I, I don't even think they played above 24 minutes in the playoffs. And... It was such an area of weakness for the Dallas Stars that Miro Heiskanen was on a regular basis playing 28 plus minutes a night. And again, I'm not saying that he can't. He absolutely can. And he's just as effective doing that. But don't you think if you lessen his minutes over the course of a season and he goes into the playoffs a little bit more fresher, he can be more of an impact player in the playoffs and maybe that little bit of extra energy that he has in the third round for game seven pushes us over the the hump to get us back to the Stanley Cup final or maybe even win the Stanley Cup. I know that's, that's a lot of what ifs and stuff like that, but th- does some of that make any sense to you, Chris, or am I just grasping at straws here?
1: I mean, yeah, it kind of makes sense what you're saying. But uh, I I think there's a big difference between a defenseman doing that, um, and like a forward doing that, like Connor McDavid does. Um, yeah, I I just think it's different.
0: Do you think the Stars are going to make an upgrade on on defense this year before no. the season starts?
1: No, they're out of space. They might not even get Delandria. <laughs>
0: I, I think there's I don't think there's any doubt that Delander gets signed. He'll he'll get signed. Well, how, how
1: much are we wagering on that?
0: I I would I'd bet 50 bucks on it.
1: I, I'm gonna need some odds on that. I can't just go 50 50. I don't know. I'm Eight,
0: like 80 I'll give 20. You 80 20. 80 20. I'm like 95 5. That's okay. how
1: that's how sure I am. I'm done with that deal. that deal. I'm down. <laughs> I'm, I put five bucks on those odds. Um, so here's a quote from
0: Jim Nell, and this is from, from the athletic article. Uh, when Stars general manager, Jim Nell was asked about his outlook on the defenseman group and the, his season ending press conference weeks before free agency, he read off the stars, statistical finishes in areas, including third in NHL and goals against per game and third on the penalty kill. And that was what I was referencing earlier in the pod. Here's straight from Jim Nell. Something went right. Something was good. Now, I think we're going to be even better. I think Thomas Harley wasn't here to start the year. He's now joined the group. Nils Lundqvist, I think, is going to be a better player. Let's go from there. Now, does this mean I'm just going to sit back and not do anything? We're looking to get better all the time. If there's something out there that makes sense for us, is it a signing? Is it a trade? We've got to figure that out. So, I guess the he. He leaves the door open to saying, no, he's not going to not trade for somebody if it makes sense for the Stars. But it sounds like he's perfectly fine standing pat with what he's got, and he's just relying on two young guys, to, especially Nils Lundqvist, in my opinion, because I think, I think we can rely on Harley at this point. Harley is a top-four defenseman. I think he's proven it in the playoffs. He only got better as the playoffs went on. Lundqvist is the key for me. So I think he's banking on both of those guys getting better. So I don't think we see a move, even though some still seem to believe that an Eric Carlson's trade might be on the horizon for the stars.
1: Yeah, I just don't see any way of that working without some crazy overhauls and some crazy trades. I mean, I didn't see Matt Duchesne signing happening, so maybe, but... I I think we're happy where our defense is at. Like I said, I'm going to wrap this up with what I said to start it. Our defense was top 10 last year. We had a great defensive year as a team. So that doesn't happen if your blue line is awful. I I wouldn't say that we have one of the best blue lines, but our blue line is good. We have a good enough blue line to have a top 10 defense. I I don't think you can look at that and say that's going to keep us from winning a cup 100%. Because if our goalie was playing to his capabilities in those playoffs, we, we 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 would have been the best team there.
0: But how often did we complain, especially about Suter and, and Paw? How often did we complain about one of those guys really having a really bad play? They're either out of position or had a really bad turnover. I, imagine if if that's literally what's keeping us back right now. It's not. I don't think it's the forward group, and I don't think it's the goaltending. I think Ottinger will be better. And I think he will be more conditioned and he understands now how to get through an entire, you know, 82 game season where he's playing 60 plus games. But I re that's why I go back to this. I think Nils Lundqvist is really the key. Harley will be good. I don't have any doubt in my mind that he will be good. Nils Lundqvist has to take that next step and he has to at least be able to be relied upon to be in the top six. And if he's not good enough to be in the top six, then we're in a lot of trouble. Because oh, then yeah, we're if, looking... If, if he's not if in the top six,
1: then we're in trouble. Then we have exa- Hanley in that's, the top but six, that's, and that's
0: bad. And, and that's what I'm saying about the depth of the blue line. We don't have that. We've got Gavin Bay-Ruther, but he's not... We have guys he, that can play,
1: not guys yes, that are up to caliber.
0: Exactly. That's exactly the point. We're not looking at being a playoff team anymore. We're not looking at being a playoff contender anymore. This team was one step away from making the Stanley Cup final. I mean, that's really what it is and that's why our expectation level is up to here. Any other year if we were just trying to get into the playoffs as a wild card team or something like that, I wouldn't have any I can't think of the right word right now. qualms. Qualm, that's a good word. That's a very good word. I wouldn't have any qualms about Nils Lundqvist being in the top six for the stars. I wouldn't, I would just be like, okay, he's going to make mistakes. He's a young guy, whatever. He'll figure it out. Those little mistakes can really cost us and they can really cost us in the playoffs, especially. So, I mean, I mean, I know I keep talking circles around it, but he's, he is so key. He is absolutely
1: key. They're definitely the the biggest weakness. I mean, we have, we have the forward depth. Now the, you always like about the third line that we have that our third line is crazy. It's Sagan, Marchman and Duchesne. That's disgusting as a third line. The worst thing that we have is, is our decor. Um, if we can't make a move, we should, but I, I agree. If, if Lundqvist plays well, we are one of the best teams in the league. That's a big if though.
0: So here's the interesting part, Chris, because this kind of lines up with what you were just talking about. I didn't even know this I hadn't even, uh, read that part of the article this is straight from sod at this current juncture here's a look at what the stars plans would look like with third defensemen: Souter on the left side hayskin on the right side pairing one hurley on the left hawk upon the right pairing two. lindell on the third pairing on the left lundquist on the right so i think that's really interesting so that's a, kind of exactly what you said and then hamley obviously as a seventh defenseman
1: but i'm so smart you are
0: so smart, Chris. You are so smart. I just think it's crazy that Lindell would be a third pairing defenseman. Well, and I I guess they I guess the better way to look at it would be kind of like how we look at the second and third line. There's yeah. not really a third line, there's a two A and yeah. a two B. Maybe it's, it's just we can it, start it, looking it, at that with our defense, our defensive pairings. We have two a two A
1: and a two B. It's Miro and everybody else is what it is.
0: <laughs> that, that's also true. That's also fair.
1: So yeah. What okay. else? Any other signings that we're talking about?
0: Um, Not at this point, but I, I guess, I don't know if we if we actually talked about it with you. Did we get your thoughts on if you think that we should go after Eric Carlson?
1: I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think I've gotten to speculate about that yet. I don't think you've gotten to speculate about that. So give us your speculation. because Quick speculation, because we don't need all the time. We almost filled the time. But yeah, so don't about- don't
0: worry about trade. Don't worry about the trade part because I know the trade part would be stupid. Let's just say that you could have Eric Carlson for free. Would you take him? Yes, I would too. Because <laughs> one, I think he would be an excellent uh, person to play with Miro Haskinen. I think that would be fun to see him and uh, Carlson on the top pairing. That would be so much fun. Plus, Carlson's right-handed. So if they really care about that whole lefty-righty thing, which they've shown they care about, that would be a perfect fit.
1: Plus, he scored 100 points. So anyone who scores 100 points is probably pretty good, huh?
0: <laughs> I don't think he's going to do it again. Thanks. Hey. Yeah, I'd be happy with even 60 from from Carlson.
1: So now back to reality, I don't think, I don't think there's any way we get him, though. So oh Yeah, wow. there's no way. I, at Moving this up. point,
0: especially after free agency, there's no, there's not a chance that I think we get him.
1: Right. Now that we've uh,
0: said that, we're going to wake up tomorrow morning and uh, <laughs> he's he's going to be a member of the Dallas Stars. So, Okay. Anyway, what were you going to say?
1: On to the Who Care segment? Go for it. You want to introduce it since it was your idea? Yes. The Who Care segment tonight is probably one of the greatest foods that man has ever invented. We are doing sandwiches. Top three sandwiches um, of all time. Your top three. Uh, And we'll start with you, Ryan, at number third sandwich ever.
0: My number third is just the classic grilled cheese sandwich. There's so much ways you can make a grilled cheese sandwich. You can change the bread. You can do, like, classic wheat. Or you can go with white. Or you can be even crazier and be the health nut and go 100% whole wheat. Although I think that's stupid. Yeah, I agree. White bread, all the way. But not only can you change up the bread... But you can also change up all the different kinds of cheeses you put in it. Have you ever tried provolone and cheddar together? Yes. It is heaven. Oh, and by the way, I always do two slices of cheese and a grilled cheese. If you just do one, you're a college student or you're really poor. So I that's
1: college student. Not anymore. Speaking of college student, uh, my number third is peanut butter and jelly, because it's cheap. Peanut butter's good. Um. And yeah, that, that's that's what I ate probably every other day for the past four years: peanut butter and jelly. Boom, number third, a classic. And, and weirdly, only American food. Quick, quick sidebar here: in Germany, the only peanut butter I could find was in the American food section, and it had an American flag on it, and it was like Peter's American peanut butter. Very strange. Didn't know that was a very that was that American, but it is. Right, number second.
0: I actually didn't know that.
1: Is, is jelly a thing over there? Oh, yeah. That, jelly and jam. They put that on their crumpets and stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like I
0: guess that. that's true. I didn't think about that. Well,
1: okay. Uh, my number
0: second is is very specific. It's from a restaurant. Uh, and it's actually from a very specific restaurant that is only located in Denison, Texas, uh, where I used to work. And there is this coffee, coffee shop called CJ's. And they have a they have a chicken club sandwich there. It has it, grilled chicken, obviously. It's got provolone cheese. It's got bacon on it, lettuce, and then it's got like a honey mustard sauce, which all of that is great and it's amazing. But dude, the bread that comes with it, I will I would die on my deathbed saying that that is the best bread I've ever had. This from CJ's Coffee Shop. So. My number two is the chicken club sandwich from CJ's coffee shop,
1: mostly Uh, just because of the bread. It's a chicken club. That is so fantastic. Very adventurous for for me, Ryan. Mm -hmm. My number two is going to be the Billy cheese steak. It's, it's great. It's really stretching what a sandwich is. Even I'd say when you put a steak on it. it, that's expensive, but man, it is so good. Um, When you're in Texas, you can't get very many cheesesteak places. So the one I normally end up getting is the one from uh, uh, Jersey Mike's, which is great. I love Jersey Mike's. Um, And then you get it with extra peppers and onions. That's a good time. Billy cheesesteak. Ryan, your your favorite sandwich.
0: Sorry, really quick side tangent. Do you like, uh, oh my gosh, Jimmy John's. Do you like Jimmy John's?
1: Jimmy John's is okay. It is better than Subway.
0: I can't stand Jimmy John's. It's... And it's like, especially in college, it, their prices were ridiculous. It's like oh. 13 bucks for a f- stinking sandwich.
1: Well, yeah. Jersey Mike's is pretty expensive too. Not that expensive, but you get a cheesesteak. It's going to be like 10 bucks.
0: Well, yeah, but that's a, that's a cheesesteak. Cause there's so oh, yeah. much. I understand Sean, that cause there's so much stuff on it. Right. Yeah.
1: Sean, you get a big kahuna, man. That's adventurous. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, Sorry. All right. I on my number one?
1: Famous Philly. Ryan, number one.
0: I'm on my number one? Okay. Alright, I know I'm gonna be lame here too, Chris. Sorry, but I I love this I love the sandwich more than anything. Uh, if you've ever been to McAllister's, you ever, ever heard of McAllister's?
1: No, I've never heard of McAllister's, Ryan. Yes, I've heard of McAllister's. Okay,
0: you're a college student who doesn't go to expensive places, so I was just making sure you had heard of McAllister's. That's
1: where I go when my parents
0: come in town. Exactly. Exactly. Um, They have a I think they call it the it's like the Mc, the McAllisters, chickens, chicken club special or something like that. It's not a chicken club. It, it's some sort of. I don't even know the name of the sandwich. I should know that because I always order it. But anyways, it's it's got a lot of the same stuff on it, but they've they've got like two or three different kinds of like sauces on this one sandwich. And I absolutely adore the sandwich. And it's not even a question. Like, every time I go to McAllister's, it's always that same sandwich. I never go and, like, broaden my horizons. I'm just like, Ugh, no, I'm stuck in my ways. I'm almost 30 now. So I have to stick with that one sandwich and just stay with it. So it's the Mc- I'll I'll look it up
1: here in a second. Chris, what's your number one? Great storytelling, Ryan. I followed that fully and completely. Thank you very I know. much. I know. I know. I know. It's <laughs> terrible. It was absolutely terrible. I'll figure it out. Go. Number one. My number one is the classic Italian sub, wherever it is, any sandwich shop, sub, Subway, uh, Jersey Mike's, Firehouse. If I'm rushed at the ordering line and I'm not feeling very adventurous, I'm getting the Italian and I'm going to be a happy boy. Um, i also very much do enjoy the subway version with the bmt putting the putting the ham on the italian on the hard salami and pepperoni that's good stuff i even make the italian sandwiches for myself in my in the in the comfort of my own home that's how much i love the spicy italian um so yeah cured meats cured meats good um we all good good day ryan what was the name of the sandwich did you find it the grilled chicken club. It's another. Chicken. Ryan has two <laughs> chicken clubs on his list. Are you kidding me? It's from two different restaurants.
0: Okay, they're they are different sandwiches. Okay, so like yikes. So like this one has got uh. It's also got three like, pieces of it.
1: bread. Huh. It has yeah. three pieces of bread.
0: Yeah, yeah. You got one in the center, one on top, one on the bottom, and you got the like, the chicken on the bottom and the cheese, and then you got all the extra stuff on top, like all the. Although s- sometimes I get it with the tomatoes and sometimes I get it without, but it's got the bacon, the lettuce, the spinach. It's really good, really, 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 really
1: good. Right, I've got to say, I'm sorry. No, I'm not. This is gonna sound real. This is gonna sound really hurtful, but that was one of the worst lists you've ever made. We just did best sandwiches, and you chose two chicken clubs <laughs> and a grilled cheese. Are you kidding me?
0: Uh, yeah. Well. Maybe I just need to start coming up with my the uh, Who Cares segment, so maybe I can actually win one of these one day.
1: Well, just we're saying. about three months ahead on the Who Cares segment, so you're going to have to wait three months to make one. Yeah, that's true. Okay, anything else? No, your sandwiches suck.
0: Go and check out sarcastic remarks.com. <laughs> uh, Chris, I hate you. Uh, Thank you to DraftKings Sportsbook once again for being our sponsor of this episode. I don't think I uh, mentioned them at the beginning. We really do appreciate them. And uh, go and check out StocasticRemarksShop.com. That's the best way to support us and what we do here. We're still going to continue doing uh, one episode a week throughout the off season. We'll be talking about the latest news. Uh, We got a couple of interviews that are going to be set up over the course of the rest of the offseason as well. And uh, we will get those to you guys as soon as we get them set up. Uh, I miss hockey greatly. It's, it. I mean, at least the Rangers are doing okay. Although they've kind of faltered a little bit lately. Uh, but it is what it is. Anyways, along with Chris, my name is Ryan. We'll catch you guys on the flip side. Hope you guys have a good, fantastic morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you guys are listening. And we'll see you guys again next week. Goodbye.